Previously on Unprofessional. Listen, Dave, I, I think Unprofessional's done all that it can do. I don't, I don't want to keep doing this show. Honestly, <laughs> with all due respect, I don't mean this in a, in, a, in a mean way. I don't ever want to talk to you again, Dave. The only way I would ever come back and A, speak to you, or B, tape another episode of Unprofessional is if we could get Weird Al Yankovic as the guest. Barring that, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. And now, the conclusion. Welcome to Unprofessional, the show where Dave and I talk to people about anything except the thing they're famous for. I'm Lex Friedman. Oh, am I supposed to introduce myself? Yes, I know. It's been a while. Oh, fine. Hi, I'm Dave. And today, our guest is Al Yankovic. Al, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks, Lex. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Hi, we're on a we're on a Zoom call. This is uh, in the the entire time we've ever done these shows, we've never done one being able to see each other's faces before. This is a, this is a brand new experience. This crazy technology. Life is <laughs> just a series of Zoom calls now. There's no outside. It's this. No, I, I haven't left my bed in several weeks. <laughs> how is your quarantine? How do you, how do you handle a quarantine day right now? Um, you know, it's uh, I, I handle it okay. I mean. It, you know, the, the quarantine's a bummer for everybody, obviously, but uh, if it had to happen, for me, this was a good year because I actually decided I'm not going to tour this year. Uh, this, you know, 2020 for me is just going to be a big question mark. Uh, maybe I'll just do nothing the entire year. And that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make uh, it easy to not talk about work. Right, exactly. The, you know, I have, I have three kids and between... Nine and thirteen. Although I had to think about that for longer than I think is appropriate. Well, but, they do get older. the The numbers change. It's it changes fair. each year. But it's a lot to track. What's interesting is how they're all reacting. Because, like, my oldest told me, "This is an introvert's dream. I have no problem with any of this. This is fantastic." <laughs> and then my middle one, who's the eleven year old, is like desperate to see people and, and interact, <laughs> and she's on Facetime all day long. Are you doing more video chats than usual? I, I don't do a whole lot of video chats. I, I, I'm, I'm okay, you know, just being a hermit. Uh, you know, I, I'm okay, you know, living like a man cave existence, like on, on the road. I'm just in the back of the bus for months at a time. Uh, <laughs> as long as I've got like Wi-Fi and, uh, and you know, cable TV, I'm good. And I've, I've got a loving family. I live in a nice place. I, 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 I'm not planning on leaving the house this year. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I'm with you, man. I I feel like the way I live my life anyway, um, like I go to an office to work, but it's my office and I'm the only person here. So I can keep doing that. I'm in the office right now. And when I'm at home, I'm kind of hanging out working. My life before quarantine and my life after quarantine is now I don't have to see the delivery person who brings me my food anymore. <laughs> it's kind of all. I, I didn't know that was an option like this. Hey. Uh... Contact free uh, delivery. They just like they leave it outside your door. They knock and they uh, wander off. My yeah, question is: rocks. Do you think contactless delivery stays the norm in like, let's say it's late twenty twenty one and it's all behind <laughs> us? This is where you go. I thought you were going to go with working from home. <laughs> no, it might be. I don't even know. Like, I I don't 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 even know the future of the handshake because that was just sort sort of ingrained in me. You know, I, I have I, I dreamt last night about giving somebody a handshake and going, "Oh, I'm so sorry." You know, it's just I, I just wonder, like, and after this is over, are, are people going to go back to like you know being you know that intimate as 
give me handshakes. You even mention handshake. I hear the word handshake, and I'm looking around the vocal booth for hand sanitizer. (laughs) (laughs) It's I'm I'm of two minds on it. On one hand, I have always been slightly grossed out by handshakes. If I'm meeting people, I always have hand gel in my pocket so I can get them afterwards. But I also feel like life is life, and I want to still be able to hug friends and shake hands of new acquaintances. And I I don't know which side I'm on. on I mean, right now, I don't want to touch anybody, but I don't know what side (laughs) I'm on for the post all of this debate. Yeah, I, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go to like a fan convention and be able to French kiss everybody in line again. That seems like it's not going to ever happen. That's the the main reason people would go. That's <laughs> why I always went. <laughs> it makes me think of like the uh, the the Penn and Teller thing, though. The like the elbow bump or a butt rub, like rub your butts together. They won't they won't do the handshake thing. Yeah, I, 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 I tweeted early on like we're we're all Howie Mandel now. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I never was a germophobe. I mean, you know my. my I, I, I didn't, I, you know, my hygiene probably wasn't up, up to where it should have been even originally, but now like <laughs> washing my hands 20 times a day. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. So there's uh, there's stations. Again, I'm the only person in my office and there are stations, plural, of hand sanitizer. So <laughs> I'm a little bit. So when this when this all happened and uh, hand sanitizer was in short supply, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I've got a closet full. I'll be I'm, fine. I remain angry because we closed our New York office early in March and – I have an industrial size vat of antibacterial hand gel on my desk, but I live in central Jersey. I don't want to go into New York City to get it, but I know it's there waiting for me, calling my name. My daughter got into trouble last week because she left a, a packet of, of Clorox wipes open. And my <laughs> wife was like, Try it out. This is like gold. What are you doing? No. <laughs> My wife is a teacher, and they finally got permission to go to the classroom, two teachers at a time in the school building, to reclaim their stuff since schools are closed for the rest of the year. And she texted me from the school, and she's like, we have a half-open box of Clorox wipes. Do you think I can take it home? It's the school's box, and I gave her permission to take home the Clorox wipes. I hope you guys don't judge me too harshly for that. I, I forgive you. <laughs> Public school or private school? Private school? <laughs> Oh, so that's fine. That's fine then. If you were stealing from public school, then you're stealing from the taxpayer, and that's well, wrong. From you, right? <laughs> I, uh, I was at a conference probably two or three days before. Basically, I feel like Tom Hanks got sick and basketball ended its season, and that's when it got very serious. Like when those two things happened, I feel like that's when people were taking this all seriously. But I was at a conference two or three days before that. And nobody wanted to touch each other, but everybody was still like way closer than we should have been. And the the three handshakes that I saw, the the one that I liked the most was tapping your own chest a couple of times, like like it is a pleasure to be seeing you and kind of nodding at each other. I did not like the foot taps that people did and the elbow taps. I feel like it looks like people are doing the chicken tans together, so I I, I could not handle that. But I, I liked the let me tap my own chest move. I, I like that. I think we should all just pour out forties on the ground when we meet <laughs> for you. for you that'll help the economy there's a the alcohol thing there's a bar right by my apartment my favorite bar um that is open but like serving out the window like they're doing takeaway cocktails and new york city is now open container which god i hope this stays a thing even after all this because it's great uh the 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 manager the owner uh when he serves the drink like we'll do a fist bump through the glass oh nice (laughs) So, like, you know, nobody's touching anybody, but it still has, like, a tactile uh, – it's a thing. Maybe that'll be – they'll just carry around sheets of something, like a, a doily or a piece of paper we can fist bump each other through. Hand condoms. That's the answer. That's what you need. That'll do it. 
Now, are you ordering food sometimes, Al? Do you have food delivered to the house during this time? We are, yeah. It's like, you know, and then we like wipe it all down and like <laughs> sponge everything <laughs> off. And yep, yep. But yeah, we, we, we do. Um, uh, I, I literally, I think maybe I've left the house once, I think once <laughs> since the lockdown started just to go for a, a walk up the street. Uh, but yeah, we, we order in, we've ordered in from restaurants a few times. We order in all of our groceries. Yeah. Um, uh, I think my wife has gone to pick up a few things, but she'll just like pop the trunk of the car <laughs> and say, like, just put it in the back. So, you know, the, the, the credit card is in the back. <laughs> so we, we're, we're being as careful as we can. Yeah. I, um, initially um, my family was nervous to do delivery and then I read articles that said, no, you can get food. Just, you know, be careful with the containers if you were. CNN said it was safer. They said it was that's safer right. to have food delivered than to go to the grocery store. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And so I still replayed everything. I don't let my kids touch the plates that things came on. But so now it means like you order food in theory because it's more convenient. But now I'm spending a lot of time replating and getting my best like Mario Battaglion to try to get the, <laughs> the plates ready for serving. And it's, it's work, but it beats cooking. We're leaving everything that it doesn't need to be refrigerated outside for a few days, just just in case, so right. like the virus can die out there. So like the, the steps up to our house are just like littered with like <laughs> non perishable groceries. <laughs> I just only eat hand sanitizer now. That's how. Yeah. I <laughs> that's my move. I wipe down everything with hand sanitizer because I have so much. Uh, everything that would come in, every Dave grocery. Is bathing in hand sanitizer. <laughs> it's uh, why wouldn't you? I I I'll get groceries. Uh, and then I have to individually like pump a hand sanitizer in my hand and then like wipe down each bottle of water or each egg. Well, not that crazy, but like I go through every, all of the things. And then I got sick. <laughs> then I, then I got the coronavirus. And since then it's like, I will lick every doorknob. I'm less, I'm less afraid of germs now than I was before this. I didn't know. So you, you actually got coronavirus? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was two weeks ago. I went and I did the test. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, I it was like a month, month and a half ago. So, so, I I'm it. sorry. I, I'm sure you guys are talk, but tell me about this. What was it like? Uh, I, so I, I made it a point not to talk like when I had it, I didn't mention it on Twitter or anything like that because I just felt like I had it so easy. <laughs> if I had to rank every cold I've ever had, this was the easiest. It was, I had a, a light dry cough. Um, I was congested like one day and I had a, a, a low-grade fever of 100 two, two evenings in a row. You actually tested and they confirmed yeah, yeah. that? Was- uh, yeah, my, my wife had uh, – she lost taste and smell. And so we're like, oh, yeah, this is it. And then uh, once we were recovered and they started doing antibody testing in New York, we just went down to the test and both came back positive. Wow. Well, maybe they can eat your blood for the vaccine. Uh, well, I, I keep applying to donate. The problem is I've had a tattoo within the last year. Oh. And so they keep telling me no. So I'm, I'm wondering ethically – here's a question for you. Ethically, <laughs> is it okay to lie about having gotten a tattoo in order to donate blood plasma to save lives during a pandemic? I'll tell you why my answer is no. <laughs> Al first. <laughs> I, why would having a, a tattoo – does that affect your blood? I mean, it's it's needles going into your blood, so I, I guess so. Um, do you have any tattoos? I not that I'm aware of. No. Okay. Um, well, if you're unfamiliar with it's... the process, it's it's being stabbed thousands and thousands of times, and blood comes out. I guess there's like a risk of a thing. Uh, there's also on the list uh, one of them, and and, and uh, God, I hope we're not getting too controversial here. That's so <laughs> unlike us. But uh, if you are if you are a gay man specifically. And have had intercourse with another man within the last 12 months, uh, they will reject you. Huh. Not my rule, everybody. Not my rule. 
<laughs> no, I, I've I've read about people trying to get that rule changed. I cannot believe how long it has held. But to me, it's a little bit like uh, in terms of the the need to be open about it. Like I, I think that when I was reading about why the vaccine could take a long time, it's like they probably know how to make the vaccine already. Testing the vaccine takes a long time because if they want to administer a vaccine to everybody around the planet pretty much and it turns out that after 13 months of having the vaccine, you die, that's probably even worse than the situation we're in right now. But it sounds like a great story. Like I would read the heck out of that book or watch that miniseries on HBO. Well, it's uh – Typically, they'll know within 28 days whether or not a vaccine will turn you into a zombie. <laughs> and there's the th- the Oxford vaccine they're saying would be done uh, w- could be on the market in September, which is perfect because if it's going to turn people into zombies, it's right in time for Halloween. So, what is the 12 to 18 month thing? Is that why? Why is that always kind of drawn out as like the time period when it's it's feasible there be a vaccine? Doctor Lex, do you have an answer? The only thing that I learned from reading was that it's it's more about testing how people react to getting the vaccine when they can start doing tests on humans, and many humans are willing and even eager to test it out, but it's really waiting to see if there's any negative side effects from the vaccine. But I am not a doctor. Had something like right now and they tested it out, there'd still be that long waiting period. Exactly. Because they want to make sure that the vaccine, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the one time the statement's accurate, but it's the one you want to make sure the treatment's not worse than the disease. I just love the idea of Lex giving out medical advice. Yeah, that's my new podcast is Ask, Ask Dr. Lex. Uh, you mentioned that you are surviving quarantine in part because you have strong Wi-Fi. I'm assuming you're streaming a lot. Have you have you discovered any shows recently to recommend? Oh, what have I watched lately? I I, uh, I, I mostly have been watching all the uh, the monologues for, from the late night hosts. Uh, I just stayed up late and streamed the entire first season of a uh, uh, Great Daniel's upload. Uh, I have the season finale left. That's all I have left on upload. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna watch Kimmy Schmidt tonight. That's our big plans for this evening. Yeah, and I, I got <laughs> I bet my my whole life has been flopped around. I stay up to like six or seven in the morning, and I sleep till like two in the afternoon, just because that's the way that my natural body clock is. Like there, so my family just had rest had, like, right before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's just um, it's I, I stay up all night. And I, lately, I've been getting into just like real time wasting things. Like I, I dragged out my dragged out my old PS3, and I've been playing these like ancient video games <laughs> until the wee hours. So that that's how I've been uh, constructively spending my time. Are you playing Animal Crossing like every millennial? I, I don't have a Switch, so no. Oh, and they're hard to get now. I was going to say technically, it's to the PlayStation Three hours and not the Wii hours, based on what you described. Yeah. Oh my god. You sh- I, I'm just. I, this is not endorsed by Nintendo, but I do think you should consider trying to find a Switch somewhere because my son, who is nine, uh, has discovered a love for all Mario 2D style platformer games, and we have gone through all of whatever the there's Super Mario for the Switch, and then there's Super Luigi Brothers. Are you and we're saying going Mario? This is an ongoing debate. How do you say it, Al? Mario. <laughs> yeah, see, that's I'm just trying to be as authentic. Do you say Mario, Dave? Are you a Mario person? Mario Brothers. Mm. Yeah, Mario. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he wants to when he beats the he doesn't want to, it's not enough to defeat Bowser. He wants to get every star coin and defeat every level the right way and then all the secret exits like he wants to complete it. Uh, so he is my son. He's <laughs> basically my <laughs> He wants to be like, you know, at, at the forum, like playing in front of a huge audience at one of those convention things. Yes. I mean, he's going to yes. become an, an esports gamer. I'd be proud. An e-gamer. What do, they, what do you call the 
I don't know. Uh, GameStop, by the way, GameStop has them in stock. The Nintendo Switches. Switches. Yeah, GameStop has them. Amazon does I'll not. I'll make a note. I, I was just shopping. I bought uh, bought one for my wife, who's not a gamer by any stretch, but had mentioned um, looking for The Sims for her iPad. And I thought, well, here's a window. And so I got her a, a Switch and Animal Crossing, and she plays uh, obsessively now. May have been a bad idea. I mean, it's just like all over my social media, like everybody's into Animal Crossing. Is it... What is it about that game that that's, you know, grabs everybody's uh, imagination? Uh, it's 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 a uh, you, you know you're this character and you you go you move to this island and you get a uh, you can get a house from this raccoon character and uh, then you have a mortgage that you have to pay off. You don't use money; you use bells as their currency. So you like, so you're signing up for for digital chores, right? And you go outside and you you uh, plant flowers and you pull weeds and you move trees around and you set up the things. It's basically an outside simulator. Hmm. <laughs> that is my reaction. That is exactly my reaction. Hmm. If there were ever a time when human beings, millennials in particular, would flock to a simulator that uh, uh, simulates the experience of being outside doing chores. Remember the outside times? <laughs> oh, yes. Remember places? No. But as we talk about games and, and streaming, do you watch TV or do you like – uh, what's the word? Multitaskingly watch TV. <laughs> like, do you, are you two screening it when you watch TV? Do you have a phone or an iPad or something? It, it depends. Uh, Sometimes, mostly, I'm watching TV, but I, I tend to always have my phone in my hand as well. So, uh, um, it, it depends what I'm watching. If, if it's if it's something I don't need to be paying attention to, or I just need to hear every fifth word, then I might be doing two things at once. What right? are you I, doing on your phone while you watch shows? I'm not judging. Sorry, that sounded judgmental. I'm no, curious. No, um, I, I scan uh, my Twitter feed and Instagram. Uh, I, I look at the headlines of news sites. Your Twitter feed, are you reading replies or just like the people you follow? I'm, I'm doing, doing both. Uh, uh, the, the at mentions and also just everybody that I follow. I like to see what they're, they're yeah. upset about today. <laughs> everything. They're pretty much upset about everything. Uh, I... I have realized that there are two tiers of shows for me because there's the shows that I'll watch where I'm doing exactly those things, right? Tweets and Instagram, inbox and news. And then there's shows where I'm like, no, the phone must go. Better Call Saul, the phone goes down. You have to appreciate every frame of Better Call Saul. There, there's very few shows that are sort of like family appointment programming and like Better Call Saul is one of those shows where it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and my daughter's like, let's watch the next one. I'm like, no, we can't binge it. It's like one a week. That's yes. <laughs> There are shows that should not be binged. And on the flip, I think there are shows that should be binged. I think Lost is better binged than it was drawn out over six years or whatever it was. Have you done a, a binge rewatch of Lost? Once. Was it better? Like genuinely? Yes, that's, that's, that's my, exactly my point. Like when, it's, when you don't have to spend months wondering what it all means or reading articles that, no, every mystery has a payoff. We know exactly where it's going when they, they did not know exactly where it was going. But when you, when you get to kind of experience it all in a burst, it's – it's less grading that you've because you haven't waited six years to find out what the numbers mean. It turns out the numbers mean that there are mysterious numbers, and that is it. That is the answer to that mystery. So I, I've never watched Lost. What I what I've heard, what I've gleaned is the first season was amazing, and the whole show kind of wrapped up in a disappointing way. Is that sort of accurate? Yes, that's it's, alarmingly accurate. I feel like you've seen it. <laughs> it's the, I would even say the first two seasons are great, and it's not like each season got worse, but 
the whole time you're watching, there's more and more mysteries. Every episode, if they get anywhere close to answering a mystery, which they don't, they open up like four more, but they keep telling you in the, I just remember it so vividly. They, you know, we know where this is going. We have it all wrapped up. It's not this. And then it got there. And it was kind of that. And they, <laughs> most of it, they're like, we can't explain it. How would we explain these things? And we're like, well, it's fine, but you made did, those mysteries. Lost. Did, did either of you guys ever see uh, Heroes? Yes. I think I might have seen the pilot, but that, I vaguely remember it. Uh, you don't don't need a ton of context of the show to to get where I'm going with this. But while watching that, that was right around the point where Lost started to take a a dive. And my observation, I could be completely wrong about this, but my my sense was that the reason the first season, at least of Heroes, was really good, is the formula they seemed to follow was that there were um, season long mysteries and there were episode long mysteries, and each episode would introduce a mystery that it would pay off a short-term mystery that would pay off, introduce a short-term mystery that would be paid off in the next episode, and do something to advance the uh, the season-long mystery. So you're, you're satisfied, but you're still on the hook. And it felt like all Lost ever did was uh, introduce more mysteries, but not at the same rate it was paying them off. So you never had that feeling of satisfaction, even, even if everything did get answered in the end, which it didn't. Was it serialized? Did you have to watch everything in order or was it the kind of thing where you could just pick up anywhere and you no, it was, it was Yeah, it was episodic, serialized. Yeah. Um, I do think that with Heroes, though, to Dave's point, you could pick up an episode of Heroes and even though you wouldn't have all the clues, you, it would at least still be fulfilling. You could watch an episode and feel like, ah, that was I, that was a show. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Lost, <laughs> though, you had to watch every episode. Well, that was way before the Renaissance, the TV Renaissance. Everything is great now. Yeah. Did they license the David Bowie song for Heroes? They did not. No. Ah. Which was their mistake. They did have a character named Hero, H-I-R-O, which I thought was a good choice. That makes he, up for it. He can be heroes. <laughs> um, are, what, what are binge-worthy shows? And also, I want to know what the Yankovic family rule is. If, like, if it's a family show, are you allowed to keep going, or do you have to wait till everybody's there? Are you allowed oh, this to watch is, it independently? That's a dangerous question. Yeah. Um, you know, my, um, there, there's some shows I have to watch with my wife, uh, so, so we have, we have different shows we watch together. Like, uh, we, we, I, I watch Better Call Saul with my wife and we save them for my daughter to watch later. Uh, my wife, my wife and my daughter watch This Is Us together. And my daughter and I watch Saturday Night Live together. So we have like different shows that are like, that we have to watch with different people. Saturday Night Live for you is now, because you're on the West Coast, it's on at 8.30 or is it, do they show it at 11.30? It's on at 8.30. Does that change the flavor of the show or is it the same show? Or do you not watch it when it airs either way? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I watch it either way. It's, it's kind of cool that now you can actually watch it live uh, on the West Coast. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, well, not the last three shows, obviously, but other than that, the way it's always been. I, I love SNL every year. I never have any objections to SNL. I like every cast. I like when it's bad. I like when it's good. I just like that it exists. And I found these, uh, their three Zoom shows delightful. I wouldn't want every week to be like that, but I wouldn't mind if they did three episodes from home every year just because they could. <laughs> like, no, I thought they pulled it up very well. I mean, and, and each one got better. They all got every week get more comfortable with that new format. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I have, you know, I, I, I do miss the, the spontaneity and the live aspect of it, but yes. I mean, I, there's, there's something about having it, uh, produced and, and, uh, you know, pre-planned that I don't mind. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of having things thought out and prepared correctly. Yes. I, I think that if, if you were to drop the, the 20 years ago cast, like the early 90s cast or the original cast, into the same scenario, the same situation, 
even in their prime, I don't think they could do it as well. Because you look at guys like Mikey Day or Beck Bennett, current cast, they cut their teeth on making YouTube videos anyway. So this isn't that far off format. It's, it's funny how like all the late night hosts are now sort of transitioning from their role, uh, you know, their, their previous role into basically becoming like YouTube stars. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, with, with Trevor Noah, especially it's like, he's gone from like being, being in front of a, a live audience and having that kind of energy to really like being like, you know, click here to subscribe kind of energy, you know, yes. <laughs> very, it's very like, like, and subscribe. Mash I, that like button. I am. I was actually surprised that both with SNL and with some of the late night shows, and I think some of them are experimenting with it, that they're not having at least like some of the production staff who has nothing else to do right now uh, join the Zoom with their video off, right? Like be there as a human laugh track because I know like I'm in an improv group because I'm an approaching 40-year-old man in central New Jersey (laughs) who needs to find creative outlets. And when we do our Zoom-based shows, if you're not in the scene, you still leave your mic on because hearing any laughter from the audience is like meaningful. It's like, okay, this is working or there's it's, – It's feedback. Exactly. And it's feedback, I think, not just for you as the performer but for the audience watching. And so I, I like all of that. I'm just surprised more of them aren't doing that. But I've loved watching all of them do their homespun versions of their shows. If I could make a wish, I Man. wish somebody would correctly frame Stephen Colbert. His head is like at the bottom of the, the screen and uh, I get – because he's got the, – the TV is behind him and it's up in the corner. So they like make sure they get the whole TV with the logo in it and his head is you know, like down here in the corner. And it's just so I weird just want to point out to our listeners that Dave has said if he had one wish, <laughs> this is what it would be. Yeah, pick a lane, Dave. If I had two wishes, I'd wish – the second would be for a million wishes. Got it. Fair. The first okay. one – correctly frame Stephen Colbert. I've never noticed it before. Now I will never not see that. It's upsetting. I'm sorry. I, I ruined it for you. I saw a tweet from Dave about it today, and now I'm like, nope, that's forever in my brain now. It's, it's fresh in my head. Well, the thumbnail, uh, the, the thumbnail has like his chin resting on the, um, what do they call it, the, the Chiron? Yeah, the lower third or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it just looks ridiculous. How did anybody think that was okay? Uh, Seth Meyers is doing a great job with it. I think Trevin... Uh, Trevor Noah is doing a good job with it. It is interesting, uh, to your point, Al, that they are basically becoming YouTubers now. They are adopting formats that are more like what people would do if they had vlogs, except on their vlog, uh, you know, Brad Pitt calls in. Right. <laughs> you said that you, you're not doing tons of video chats. You're obviously comfortable at home. Would you say that if it weren't, if we weren't uh, self-isolating, I feel like nobody knows the right verb is used. If we weren't quarantining or socially distancing or socially distancing at home, are you typically a person who enjoys time at home anyway? Like for me, like my oldest, I think I don't mind being the stuck at home part. The not seeing people part I mind, but the stuck at home part I don't mind. No, I, I don't mind. I mean, I am a stay at home kind of guy. I mean, I, I, uh, it takes a lot to get me out of the house. Like, you know, it's, I, I do like the, the biggest drag is like not seeing my friends in person and, and doing a few things like that. But uh, I, I'm not a big, you know, I'm at an age where I just like being at home with my family and that's what I'm doing. Now it's mandatory and, and we're here for a long period of time, but uh, I don't mind it at all. I mean, it, it's sort of like what I'd be doing anyway for the most part. When you say though that you're a, a kind of a stay at home guy, I hope this question is allowed and doesn't violate the rules of the show. Uh-oh. Is that a personality, personal preference thing or is, is some of that like a fame thing? Like it's harder for you to go out sometimes. It's not that hard. I mean, I don't mind, you know, adoring fans, 
adulating. It's not like I get mobbed when I go out to the grocery store. I mean, every now and then somebody will recognize me and say hi. And it's, it's, a, it's a real comfortable level of fame. I don't have people, to my knowledge, going through my garbage. In the <laughs> not now. It's Jeremy. <laughs> but I, I do think that this will be a tricky uh, – because I, I don't think all of us are going to be ready to ha- shake hands or hug or high-five or anything else for a long time. I think it's going to be trickier for folks who get asked to take selfies with others for a long time because if fans come up like, – I, you think of like celebrities who nobody wants to approach and celebrities who feel very approachable. But I can imagine even the most approachable would be like – Let's 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 nod at each other. Let's let's wave to each other and let's not shake hands right now. Stranger who Maybe this is nature's way of solving the handsy celebrity problem. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. Yeah, and the last, the last, I, I did a, a fan a big fan convention in Pensacola, Florida. I'm trying to remember the date. It might have been like March 3rd. It was it was it was right on the cusp of Getting the lockdown. Close. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I just remember, like, it was, like, no handshakes, and we were doing, like, elbow bumps and things like that, and which even now just seems like, oh, like, physical contact at all. strangers' elbows. Oh, God. <laughs> I was within awesome. six feet of a stranger's elbow. My <laughs> God. We have had a couple, you know, driveway friend dates, right, where you can have family friends who have kids whatever, and everybody has to stand six feet apart. And if my kids are like, how far is six feet? The question becomes, could I lie down there? If I could lie down, that's you've got clearance because I'm – just over six two, and so my kids now are asking me to lie down outside to see if they are far enough. I'm like, no, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna spot check it. Well, Pete, that's also a little silly because it's it's just it's not a magical number. It's not like it's six feet one inch. You're totally fine. <laughs> Listen, I had a lot of good friends who like to stand five feet eleven inches away from people, and I miss them all. It was yeah, it's, it's fortunate for you that you're tall enough that you could just lie down as a as a, an example. You're the banana for scale. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that works. If you were shorter, you would have no frame of reference and people would uh, be standing too close to you. It wouldn't work. Exactly. You would be sick by now. When you're on Al standard time where you're staying up <laughs> pretty late. What does that mean? Well, he said, I'm waking up pretty late. You said you're staying oh, up until oh, oh, around see, 5 or 6 and then getting up in the early afternoon. Does Do you eat dinner at dinner time? I don't know why this is my question, but I am wondering. Do you eat dinner at dinner time or do you eat dinner when it's been, you know, whatever, 12 hours after you woke up? It's we don't uh, our 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 family actual family dinners are not usually together. Where it's just sort of like a picking our on our own. Wait 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 wait. Hang on. Let's investigate that. Why? So we don't we don't all sit down like now. It's dinner time. We we haven't been doing that for a while. It's when hunger strikes. We're all just yeah. We 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 literally all just eat when we're hungry and we just we kind of fend for ourselves. Interesting. I like you and the do you like is it. Each individual or do like children tend to cluster up for food and adults tend to cluster up for food? Is there like, is there, are there clicks? 17. So I mean, she's, you know, she, she fends for herself pretty well. There's no clustering going on. <laughs> the adults are too cool to hang out with the kids. On the, on the weekends in my house, at least my kids, uh, will, they, they get limited screen time access during the week. Less so during quarantine, but still. But then when on the weekends, there's the restrictions get loosened. So they will use screens as long as possible from when they wake up on the weekends until somebody in the parent side of the house says, you have to stop now. So they typically blow right through breakfast on weekends. And then finally at like 1130 or noon, I'm like, okay, we're going to finally stop now and eat something. And then, then finally, finally they're hungry. But dinners we tend to do together. But the other meals, it's like each kid is doing breakfast when they're ready and doing lunch. If it's not a school day, doing lunch when they're ready. Yeah, it's it's weird how like even in quarantine when the family unit is together, it just feels like not always like together together. 
there. It's just like everybody's kind of like off doing their own thing. And I feel like that's healthy. Like I like that they're here, but I also like that there's sometimes when I can just do daddy things. Yeah. I don't mean that to sound creepy. I felt like it sounded a little creepy. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can cut that literally, out. all three of my kids right now are on Zooms because they're doing rehearsals for a show that they're in that is now going to have to become a Zoom play. Uh, and they were like, what are you going to be doing? I'm like, well, actually, I'm going to be Zooming with, um, with, with Weird Al. And they're like, okay. Like, <laughs> they, were, they were impressed. But they're like, no big that deal. fits in with Dad. That's, that sounds like a thing you would do, which I appreciate. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of my my school's uh, big fundraiser show uh, this weekend, which we've we've already it was going to be like in, a big in person show, and everybody basically had to mail it in or, or zoom it in and do their parts, and and we'll all just watch it at home on our laptops now. Wait, not at the same time? It's, I mean, just I don't think it's like an actual live show. It's like a it's like Saturday Night Live. It's like a pre produced show, live to tape kind of a thing. Live, yeah. But it's going to like oh, oh I see, I see, I see. But they'll all stream it together. That's lovely. Is it like a public fundraising? Is this something you'd like to plug? Or is this like a... I mean, it's only for people within our, our schools, not like anybody can watch it. So it's, it's, it's a private fundraiser. <laughs> well, for, for any listeners who have kids that go to Al's school. It took me this long to realize that the Zoom background is you're between two ferns. It took me... This is a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to everyone. I've let down Scott Aukerman. I've let down Zach Alf. I've let down everyone. I feel bad. Well, we're, uh, the video part will not be uh, televised, so to speak. So, <laughs> right. No, but I'm, I just feel bad that it, no. I'll, of course, I didn't recognize it because it's ever changing. Now it's dinosaurs. They don't know. Nobody now tells them I'm lying. Now he's on the moon. <laughs> I do think that the uh, the trend towards Zoom for everything is going to have um, interesting implications for dating. How so? All of us are married. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't, not, not, I don't know what dating is. Not not so much for us dating, um, unless you're into that. I mean, dating other people, not you and I dating each other, I'm, unless you're into that. Yeah, I'm that easy. Tough. I mean, I can't even fathom what that would be like if you were just single and like trying to meet people like this year. I mean, how I think be- it could be great. Like when I was in college, I, I there was a time when I like a girl and I indicated that we were interested in each other just before the holiday break. And the holiday break was forever. It's like from mid-December until mid-January. And so we spent that whole time just emailing and AOL instant messaging. And then when we came back, like we really knew each other. And that relationship lasted easily three, four weeks. And it was good. But it was double that because of all the time that we were emailing. So I I feel like maybe if you found the right person and you're – I feel like if you're still in the Tinder phase where you're meeting a lot of people, that's bad. But if there's like a person who you were just starting to get interested, I feel like this could be a fun time to really have lots of time to just talk. That's kind of how I met my wife, which actually worked out well. This was like in 1999. Uh, and I think uh, Running With Scissors was just coming out. And she was a high-powered vice president at 20th Century Fox. And we Neither one of us had any time at all to date. <laughs> but like at late at night, we could call each other up on the phone and talk. Uh, I guess this was pretexting. So, yeah, we actually talked on the phone. <laughs> and I didn't even have any idea what she looked like because we were set up through a mutual friend. We get to know each other really, really well over the phone. So by the by the time we actually got around to our first date, we were kind of already in love. So it was kind of a weird situation. That's amazing. You didn't you you truly didn't know what she looked like? You had no I pictures. Had, I had not seen a picture. I had no idea. So have the two of you binged Love Is Blind? On I thought Netflix you were going to say the two of you seen each other. 
Are you familiar with Love is Blind? I'm not a, a reality show person, but I, I Netflix kept promoting it to me, so I watched it all. My, my daughter actually made me watch one episode of that, which I, I just I could not believe the premise of the show. Or the people what's, on it. Wait, what's the, the casting premise? people? The premise of the show is uh, Pitch X number of men and X number of women are going to date where they can hear each other but not see each other. So they're having all these conversations. Right. And then you're going to propose to somebody who you've never seen, and then you're going to marry that person on the show. And they had more couples get engaged than they were uh, willing to accept than they had anticipated. So they literally had to cut some people out of the show afterwards because like, we can only follow these, whatever it was, six couples. Uh, but like, it's literally, there's, there's a woman who's like, after they see each other, she's like, the other guy who was almost going to marry he's hotter than my guy who I got engaged to. And like, that's the show for weeks on end where she's like saying to her in what fiance engaged person was the word I was going to use. She's saying to her fiance, <laughs> yeah, but I really like Jim. Like he's really pretty handsome. And it's like, it's, it's a train wreck. The people are train wrecks and my, my hat off tip of my cap, something to no physical contact to the casting people on that show because they just got the craziest humans imaginable for that show. Well, I thought you were going to take your, your hat off for Al. Um, my hat is off to Al because he's not watching it. He only watched one episode, which <laughs> I, I appreciate. I meant, I meant for uh, the, the not saying his you, – you saw her before you got married, right? Before you <laughs> – how long did this go on, Al? Yeah, I, no, I, this I, is I, where Dave is hung up right I, now. I would have married her if she were horribly deformed. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, but, but no, I, I did actually get to date her for, for real for a, a little while before we got married. And it turned out, for, forgive the question, but uh, not to be indelicate, she she ended up being attractive. Yeah, <laughs> you you like you were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, not that and, you would admit, yeah, <laughs> not that you would admit it if not. I had no nothing to do with it. That she was like extremely extremely hot. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and it's actually it puts you at a unique position in that relationship, uh, in that dating phase, because she knew exactly what she looked like. I would imagine. Yeah, she'd seen me on TV before. And in fact, um, uh, she was somewhat reluctant to go to be fixed up with me. Uh, we were fixed up by Bill Moomy, who played Will oh. Robinson, a mutual friend of ours. And, and she was like, yeah, Bill, I don't know, like Weird Al, because she, she thought that I'd be like on all the time. I'd be like bouncing off the walls, this, this lunatic. And Bill's like, no, he's not like that. He's actually <laughs> pretty shy and, you know... And you'll you'll get along, and and she she decided to take a chance, and 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 I wasn't crazy all the time, so <laughs> you're fine with me. <laughs> but it turns out she is. She's just like constantly bouncing <laughs> off the walls. <laughs> and do, would you feel? Do you feel like uh, your wife and daughter are also like pretty okay being in the house, being quarantined? Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, I think my daughter would probably like to be actually going to school. I mean, she's doing well with her online classes and all that. But I mean, she's seventeen. I mean, I think this, this is well, this is definitely hitting her harder than my wife and I. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough time to like be going through a major quarantine, and, and she's just about she's at the age where right now we'd be going uh, to colleges all around the country, wow. taking out colleges and. We're not sure if if she's going back to school in uh, in the fall. We're not sure if we're not sure with anything. She's she's about to take her ACT test. We're not sure if she even needs to. Right. It's a, it's a really it's, it's even if she's just her. taking them for fun. That's fun. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's a blast. That's what people do, right? That's yeah. that's what the kids are into is the TikToks, the Animal Crossing, and taking their and uh, taking uh, the SATs ACTs and ACTs. Yeah. I remember so vividly when I had to take the SATs. I. 
I didn't want an SAT tutor. I was like, this is to test what I know. And then I saw a book that was called Cracking the SAT. Not like in a hacking way. It was like early 90s, mid 90s, a different use of the word. But it was like Cracking the oh, SAT. Oh, back when cracking meant making fun of. Exactly. And the book was like, Really fascinating in that it said, you know, when the one I the lesson I remember from it is when you're doing the reading comprehension questions, you're going to read an essay and then answer questions. Uh, there's going to be one story that you don't have to read. It's going to be about something kind of political, cultural, a society wrongdoing. So if you skip ahead to the questions and it's like, was not letting women vote good? A yes, B no. Like you can just read the questions because there's going to be one essay that's like that. And I'm like, there's no way that could be true. And it was a hundred percent true. And I, I, I mean, I also like reading and language. I did much better on that part of the SAT than the math part, but not to brag. But it was, I, I just remember that book so vividly. It was like, it was literally like how to hack the questions by not even reading them. I'm worried that you're bearing the lead a little bit here. Um, so where did you come out, in favor of uh, or against women voting? I was pro, pro-women oh, okay. Okay. Let, let's, let's poll everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, good. I'm glad we all agree. Haven't they suffered enough? Subject. Ah. Ah, I missed you, Lex. <laughs> that horse I understand. So do you- well, what, what if the essay was written by like – by some misogynist, and the point was you're supposed to say that the essay says that it wasn't a good thing to vote. <laughs> they've, made, they've made a compelling enough argument that you should be on their side now. No one is luckier than that didn't happen than my son, because I would have had to go to some different school, like, <laughs> I don't know, University of Maryland College Park, and then his name would be Liam University of Maryland College Park Friedman, and I feel like Brandeis works slightly better as a middle name, so he's, he's a lucky kid. <laughs> do, do you have like a... a some sort of arrangement with a witch where one of the side effects is you had to name your child after the school you went to? All right. It was a legal obligation. I see. I see. Okay. So for both of you, if if you could leave your house right now, if you could be somewhere else, where would you want to be? What is the (laughs) – Just hanging out. (laughs) Watching Kimmy Schmidt. I know everybody's there. They leave their groceries outside for a couple days, so it's going to be safe. If he doesn't let you in, it's free food. (laughs) But if you could be somewhere else, if you could, if you get on a plane right now, they like lift, like it turns out that the whole thing's cured. Aliens show up, they cure the thing, and you can finally leave. Where would you go? Um, I would probably, uh, we, we've, we've got a, a vacation home in, in Hana, Maui, uh, which we would love to, to be spending time at right now, especially since we're not doing anything. Uh, but it's just, as, as a, number one, it's, if you go to Hawaii right now, you have to, there's a mandatory two-week quarantine when you got, wow. get off the plane. Yeah. Uh, and then once you're there, we're, we're on the, the jungle side of the island. So uh, probably not access to goods and services, you know. And if we get sick, then we're really in trouble. Wow. Uh, so I, I think living in L.A. right now during the pandemic is probably, even though Hawaii is very tempting, I think L.A. just kind of makes more sense. I also appreciate, I mean, I like that Hawaii is doing that lockdown for people who come in, but I appreciate that LA seems to be one of the, the grown-up cities that's taking it very seriously. I just thought that they're like extending lockdown until forever. <laughs> and, like, But I, I appreciate that. Like, I, I live in New can. Jersey, and I like that the governor is here is taking it seriously. Like, you just, uh, there's going to be more and more people like Dave, right, who say, hey, look, I've got the antibodies, so maybe I'm immune, and we don't even know if that's right or not yet, but I definitely don't want to be the guinea pig, I, and I don't want to be in a situation where it's like, you know, we'd like your kids to come back to school. Are you going to choose to keep them out? Like, I don't want to have to answer that question. So I, I would much rather not have any restrictions in general, but given the world reality, I'm, I'd, I'd rather have somebody who's saying like, this is how it has to be versus me having to say like, I'm not comfortable. 
Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I think we're going to see some Darwinian stuff happening in the next uh, year where people that don't believe science are probably not going to do so well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag natural selection. Oh, wait, how do I want to say this? Uh, if that's the natural course of events, then uh, I will reluctantly accept it. I think like, I, I should address the um, my own feelings on whether or not I have immunity. With coronaviruses in general, they... Uh, uh, having the presence of antibodies usually means immunity for about a, a nine months to, to was it fifteen months something like that. Uh, Let's say there's yes. no, I'm a doctor. Yeah, thanks, Doctor Lex. Uh, there's no reason to think that this wouldn't be the same. And out of all of the cases of coronavirus that have been confirmed, uh, there are no cases of it being um, uh, somebody getting it twice. So I feel like it's a gamble. Of course it's a gamble. We don't have enough science to prove conclusively that I can't get sick again immediately. Well, um, what, what I've heard, and doc, Dr. Lex, I mean, please correct <laughs> me if this is wrong, uh, but what I heard is that they're thinking now that this might be more like a flu shot, like if and when they find a vaccine, that the virus might continue to mutate so that like maybe next year, the year after that, you need another vaccine. And yeah. And if that's the case, then, uh, well, the good news is that'll get everybody to get their damn flu shots too. Which I have, I've always rolled the dice. I, I never got my flu shots, and I was okay. But now that this is kind of like uh, <laughs> made me hyper aware of the consequences, so I might be able, I might be uh, overcompensating next time I go to the doctor. I I was frequently a flu shot avoider for years. Then when my kids started having to get them and hating the idea of it, I said, "Well, I'll get one too." Not at the pediatrician; he wouldn't do it. But you know, <laughs> I said, "I'll do it too," and they could watch me wince and see if that helped. And then I wasn't going to get one last year, and I had to do a work trip to South Korea, and somebody was like, "You have to get a flu shot before you go to South Korea." I feel like that was disingenuous to South Korea, who seems to be really good at handling all kinds of infectious diseases. As but far they as might I just know. have a different flu. It's not that they're bad. Uh, uh, unhygienic people so they, they might have a different version of the flu my understanding was that there's only one flu over the never mind yeah. nice. Dave, nice. Dave, I, I need to ask you since you actually were tested positive you obviously got the test did they have the, the swab going up into your brain like I've seen online the, no. that whole- oh god no uh, yeah I've, I've seen that too that looks terrifying and why would you why would you do anything why wouldn't you do anything other than that, that yeah. there's one test for the presence of it and the other test for antibodies the antibody test they can just do from blood okay. to test for the presence of the virus so I can confirm with 98% accuracy that I had the virus I cannot confirm whether or not I still do I, I don't but um <laughs> Like the the up in your nose, I think, as far as I know, the up in your nose thing is the only way to find out if you still have it. Oh, wait, no, no, that's not true. Sorry. Uh, when If you donate plasma, I guess they now can check your blood for it. And the reason they weren't, I'm guessing, is because taking all that blood from all those people was a lot. Swabs are easier. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just, from, from the people that I hear are getting tested every day, I'm just wondering if they're getting that swab up the brain every single day. That doesn't that's seem... That's such a good question. Because they talk about how they're testing folks at the White House every day. Yes, I want to know that. Because I want to see that, I want to see that on a on a on a live cam. I would <laughs> donate to the GOP <laughs> if I could watch that video. If I could hold the swab. <laughs> if I could watch Trump get a giant Q-tip up his face every day, put that shit on C-SPAN. I want to games. <laughs> I was keeping it ambiguous so the listeners could fill in their own politicians. Who could they be talking about? You know what? More than Trump, I would love to see Mnuchin. I'd love to see Mnuchin get the thing up his face. 
I was leaning Pence, but to each their own. Al, do you have any plans that you're looking forward to? Are there any things on the, the family calendar for some time, like some vacation that's planned far into the future that you're like, I can't wait till this happens, or no? Have, you know, I have extremely few plans this year, and they're all wiped off the calendar. We have no actual plans. Um, I, I was going to start a tour like uh, January next year. Now that's gone. Why? Uh, <laughs> well, What's happened? <laughs> No, we the, the 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 conventional wisdom is we don't think we want to even announce the next tour until uh, until there's a vaccine. So I mean, we we have like a tentative tentative plan for like maybe fall 2021, but even that we don't know. I mean, you know, it's kind of sad because we had I, I had a date booked at Carnegie Hall. Wow, gone. I mean, we're just like I've heard of that. We're just all just kind of like hanging out, trying to figure out what's what's happening next. I saw you at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, and how the, do you get to Carnegie Hall? Yeah, I, I was thinking vaccines, of, vaccines, vaccines. And I also I have I have tickets to shows that haven't officially been canceled yet, but that I know will be. And it's oh, they sad. will be. I All know the shows I know. are canceled, but I they're going to be on see, Zoom. I wanted to see flood shows in September. I, I mean, I, yeah, I see people like having tours that are like in August and September. I mean, is that just going to happen? Are they? No, nobody's going to go. They can't. They can't. And Ben Folds is stuck in Australia because that's where he was, and he decided to just stay there. There's worse oh, places to yeah. stay. Yeah, because uh, it's it's uh, it's like pumpkin season. It's pumpkin spice season in Australia right now. Can we all make a vow that if we're all still quarantined on May twelfth, twenty twenty one, we'll get married. We meet right here, right at this time, and we date each other <laughs> <laughs> with swabs that we stick up our faces. But we have to do it separately. We can't do it to each other's. I'm still – Pence was your choice? <laughs> I feel like he'd be a bigger wincer, and I, I want to see the wince. I don't – his wife would have to be present for anything <laughs> to penetrate him. Al, I want to thank you so much for doing this. If you do have anything you want to plug right now, we're happy to have you plug it. This is your, you have free reign. Absolutely nothing to plug. I uh, just, just came on here to hang out with you guys for a little bit. And this was fun. So Thanks nice. for having me. Thank you so much for doing this. Our pleasure. Uh, Dave, this is coming out Thursday. Is that right? Yeah, sure. 